boy, oh boy, oh boy. We are back. We are here. We are still alive. If you're listening to this, that means we have made it to whenever this comes out. Thank you for joining me, my wretched souls, my poor woke skulls. I don't know if that's you, but we are here. Talks news. The one and only news source is totally unfair, completely biased utterly toxic we know it we just don't care and boy oh boy oh boy oh boy do we have the program for you not really but we're all very lucky to be here some would say a thermodynamic miracle if you're into that sort of thing i want to thank you very 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 much for joining me on this uh Wonderful day. It's not so wonderful if you're a leftist in America, but, you know, probably find beauty in it if we try hard enough. Hmm. Well, what do I have here for you today? Well, 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 well. I believe where we're going to start is over at the Daily Wire with Ben Chaperone. Uh, I think talking about Democrats, I thought he was going to talk about Trump's speech, but um, uh, I went over a little bit of what he says in this and uh, can confirm that it's probably more Democrat focused. Um, But so I think I want to start out with uh, the five highlighting the powerful moments from Trump's RNC speech, which is um, just, you know, it's fascist speak for like highlights. You know, it's just highlights for fascists. And then um, I think at some point we're going to get to this uh, Sargon of a Cod uh, video on Shoe on Head called Socialists Are Bad. Uh, three great segments. Uh, who wouldn't be just utterly excited for this dog shit lineup? I want to thank you again for joining me. I am your host, Snucker Carlson. And um, um, yeah, that wasn't fucking incognito um let's see who who do i want to start with i think i want to start with the five and the reason why i want to start with the five is because they're uh pretty basic they uh they're they're a bunch of basic bitches and uh i hate most of their segments it's usually four on one um juan here is probably one of those uh what america calls moderates i think he's a democrat i'm not really sure but he's really only there to be the token like, he's literally just the token slight opposition, but I've never seen a segment where, like, he isn't the most interrupted. Um, it's like every time he says something, sometimes, like, they just get really triggered. Um, but thank you for joining me. That's all I can keep saying. If you like this, um, do something about it. Fucking fuck around and find out. All right. Let us begin brand new phase the stakes rising the urgency increasing now that both conventions are over president trump about to campaign in new hampshire after his big rnc speech last night the president laying out his agenda defending his yeah i think that rally is going on as i'm recording this i don't care though covering a trump speech is fucking exhausting so i'll let them get the highlights for me record and offering what do they what is what is uh, the Fox Five want me to focus on. During attacks on Joe Biden, take a look. 
Joe Biden is not a savior of America's soul. If given the chance, he will be the destroyer of American greatness. They will make every city look like Democrat-run Portland, Oregon. Oregon. No one will be safe in Biden's America. At the yeah, it's very fascinating that uh, Biden would destroy the very soul of this nation when we've seen accelerationist uh, changes in this nation in just a year. It's just because it's an election year, we've gone completely insane. Oh, boy. The Democrat convention, you barely heard a word about their agenda. But that's not because they don't have one. It's because their agenda is the most extreme set of proposals ever put forward by a major party nominee. Joe Biden's agenda <laughs> is made in China. My agenda is made in the USA. I mean, how do people like, yeah, okay, good zinger, I guess. But like, honestly, though, that's, um, yeah, that's all rhetoric. That's like just this whole Red Scare thing. We've completely like the Republicans, instead of using Russia as the Red Scare, you're only going to use China now. And the benefit comes from it here is that China is like basically going to take over the world. Right. They're going to become the superpower, especially now that Trump has just fucked and fucking ruined us. But that's going to benefit the Republican Party because they can continue to fearmonger communism and xenophobia at the same damn time. Yeah! Shit, Joe was that Biden's racist? plan I I is not racist. a solution to the virus, but rather it's a surrender to the virus. The president what? and Republicans reaching out to three groups of voters during the RNC. MAGA supporters, African-Americans, and suburban swing voters. So, were they successful in selling the message? Greg, let's uh, kick it off by saying, hey, the virtual... Were they, were they successful at selling it at these th three different types of people? Allow me to now ask the same type of person. Fox, what do you think? Well, experiment in conventions is over. Ratings were down all around, but... The Biden campaign today bragging that uh, their candidate speech got more viewers than President Trump's speech. Why do you think that was? Well, probably because there's less that you've seen of Joe Biden. So they had to check him out. You could see you could see Trump every single day. He's basically it's the Trump show every day. But Joe, you know, he's basically, you know, uh, He's like a mole. He's just living underground until he has to come up every now and then. I thought last night was amazing and how preferable non-politicians are to- I like how, like, if you could watch this on the YouTube, and I apologize for the late upload on the other one, but if you watch this episode on YouTube, um, when he tells that joke about Joe Biden being a mold, mole, not a mold, <laughs> a mole, um, or a groundhog, that- makes more sense but um it the the camera zoomed out to show all five members to see and show them laughing amazing and how preferable it's funny non-politicians are to see to politicians reaction. in in terms of i don't know presenting ideas uh and being persuasive alice johnson i mean don't just give her a pardon give her a show she was she is an absolute natural and i guess she I'm going to be perfectly honest for you, too. I don't really think, and I think that's the problem with our representative uh, government, is that we want politicians to come up with solutions, right? 
when really what we should expect them is to make legislation for our solutions. Um, they represent our interests and our ideas. Um, they shouldn't be coming up ideas for us because, you know, I think that's led us to the situation where we are, where a large portion of America is being misrepresented because the, the, the true power is in money and so the lower income is not being represented enough. Especially in the Republican Party. The Republican Party, whoa. I mean, they're just brutally capitalist. Um, I think, I think, uh, Joe Biden and his kin, or kiln, or whatever that fucking word is, but the Democrats, um, are, like, uh, just super neoliberalist, which, you know, definitely necessitates the symbiosis with capitalism, uh, but they're still a lot more focused on, uh, representative government, where I feel like, uh, conservatism is definitely going into like a completely free market and a uh, authoritarian government. So we're we're reaching in different economies and soci, uh, uh, I guess sociologies. I don't know. We're heading into a different environment than we than we're used to, and uh, I think Joe Biden would actually would be the kind of president to hold normalcy. Um, I think from what we've learned from Trump's exacerbation is that he is the acceleration into, um, well, I mean, we don't have a lot to look forward with global warming happening and, uh, you know, behind the scenes of all of this. So she learned, I, I mean, it, I thought that she was impressive. Dana White, a, you know, a tough <laughs> cookie, incredibly <laughs> forceful. And then you have, you know, the bro. All right. For one. If you're gonna actually like compliment somebody that you're trying to like come off with the idea that they're tough, don't call them a tough cookie. It, it, not only is it an oxymoron, but it just like, I don't know, it sounds belittling to somebody who you thought you were just calling tough. Like, man, Trump is one strong man, tough cookie. Cookie. Sounds pretty lame. Sounds pretty lame. Um, but, like, that's the only compliment he had for him. But Dana White was just this capitalist who got a spot because, you know, people respect the MMA and um, not respect it but enjoy it. And they're pretty pissed off about all the sports stuff that's going on. And Dana White doesn't necessarily have to answer to anybody. He owns all of it, whereas all these football teams are uh, have separate owners, and that's what uh, creates the NFL. The, the um, UFC is just Dana White's decisions, and that's why I think he moved it down to Florida where the fights could still happen. And he can continue to make money off of pay-per-views because that's, I'm sure that's where the most of their money came from anyways. Uh, and now it comes more even from it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, why even bring him up? Unless just, just, uh, just, uh, you know, there's a name. There's a, there's a guy that people like that likes Trump. And, you know, and Dorn, who was a voice that was neglected by the media because her story didn't fit their narrative, um, you know, because the media believes certain lives matter more than other lives. And uh, it was necessary to remind everyone that she lost her husband because when you excuse the mob, you know, the mob grows and people die. But I don't know exactly uh, her specific story and Dorn. Um, I've, what I do really do hate, though, is when uh, the media says the media won't stop doing something. You are the media, um, but you just have to claim to be that opposition against supreme power, huh? But when you look at everybody, you look at 
Alice Johnson, Dana White, you look at uh, Jack Brewer, you look at Burgess, Herschel Walker, Sister Byrne. The idea of a Republican Party as a country club, that cliche is dead. It's over. That idea of a Republican, Republican Party no longer exists. It's now Why? the party of law-abiding Americans who want to live free. That's all what? it is. It was a great message. What? Wait, 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 what? Is it because of who the speakers were, or is it because of what the speaker said? Because I'm pretty sure that most of them had... Um, I bet there wasn't anybody getting paid $30,000 a year speaking. I don't think there was anybody earning $50,000 a year there speaking. I would be, like, maybe Baron and Tiffany, but, like, considering that they're a part of a what, uh, an American royal family, I'm sure they're also earning millions somehow. Bruh. Uh, they are. They still are. And uh, you know what? To be perfectly honest with you, so is the Democrat Party. They are their own kind of country club. They just have more inclusivity with the types of people that can be within it. But, you know, the Republicans will take in class traitors or, yeah, caste traitors, if you will, um, because that just that just benefits them po politically. Um, yep. Okay. Got it. All right, so Jesse, I want to hear your thoughts because, you know, when I was watching the speech... Who the f... Like, he didn't even justify that answer. He's just like, there was a great message there, and that's why they are the party for working people now. Okay. I thought it was very long. It was, you know, I think more than an hour. It seemed slow at points. And even the attacks on Joe Biden from the president, and normally he's just so... You know, he's got punch. That guy can really stir people up. I just thought they felt like reruns to me. So nice. what was your view of the speech? I'm very angry with the president. I told him all week he needs to keep it ending before 11, and he kept me up until 1130. I'm a mess today, Juan. I can barely keep my eyes open, but I'm going to just give him a pass on it. I know it was a very special night. I would disagree with you strongly. I thought it was an effective speech, an effective week. They reignited the base while also extending a hand to other people. The framing of the fight against the coronavirus as a war and America always wins. Oh, this has nothing, like, unfortunately, what's crazy is that it has nothing to do with uh, the highlights that they showed. Like, what what specifically was the one that extended the hand? I didn't watch it. So you should actually be doing a better job on telling me what exactly was being said, rather than telling me how I should feel about it. Wins Wars was very effective. He really laid out what he accomplished in the last four years, basically stuffed two terms into one which is pretty incredible, and then cast out a vision for the future, talking about untangling ourselves from China and making us the manufacturing superpower, winning the race to 5G, putting a man on Mars, tax relief, war on... I, I'm sold. I'm sold. Any president, any person that can promise me to get a man on the Mars without any way of actually staying on Mars, please. You are my president. On crime, it was a very uplifting message for the second term. But I did think he defined Biden as someone who's been on the wrong side of history, as someone that's been on the wrong side of every trade deal, every foreign policy decision, as someone who is beholden to the far left and China. And he kind of had a rhetorical flip-flop with Joe's thing he said during the DNC is he's an ally of the light. He said, Joe wants to keep you in the dark 
about what he wants to do because his radical proposals are so dangerous. And he's a member of a party that can't even keep the lights on in a place like California where you're seeing rolling blackouts. So, I mean, that's kind of like a management issue. And Don yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's also connected to private businesses and the wildfires. So uh, to uh, throw uh, wildfires onto that's Joe Biden's fault. The riots, that's Joe Biden's fault. Portland, that's Joe Riot's uh, Joe Riot. Joe Biden's fault. Uh, coronavirus, that's Joe Biden's fault. Um, China, that's Joe Biden's fault. The extreme left. Guess what? Yeah, um, yep, yeah, yeah, um, hmm, yep, yeah, hmm, yep, uh-huh, um, yeah, we're not living through, like, the third Red Scare or anything, you know, we're not, um, completely, uh, creating a straw man out of, uh, Joe Biden, the conservative Democrat, uh, to scare people out of um socialist reforms which probably could come in handy as things continue to worsen and the reason why i say that is because they come in handy for the working class who i believe the situation is going to worsen for so it's better that we terrify the working class now of these ideas and keep building on that foundation that uh leftist policies or anything further to the left um policies or even possibly i don't know if a revolution is possible in this country right now but you know that in itself does seem like a pie in the sky simply because of the type of rhetoric uh these pushers are able to mainline into boomers in living rooms across the nation Donald Trump wins that very effectively. The end, the historical flourish that he brought together when he talked about the American pioneer spirit that forges a character by pushing forward into the frontier, defining us as rugged individuals with flair and style, but we're successful because we kind of work together as one. Oh, man, I just liked it when he, like, described, like, exactly like what americans are like back when we, we like kicked native americans off their land and took california and had the gold rush and everybody was super rich and there wasn't a bunch of dead asian people but you, you know like we were rugged and we were men and we were unstoppable people lived for hundreds of years back then it's just fascinating that um, holding on to the archetypes of the past, like it's almost like trying to sell people the idea of Red Dead Redemption 2, you know, like like if the left was trying to like take the idea of Arthur and his band of misfits able to create their own communes that defy any other rule, but yet still run by their own moral code. It's just like, it's ridiculous. This is a ridiculous archetype because this has nothing to do with who we are these days. But you want to kind of brace people for some change because there is going to be some changes and they have to be the warriors that you need them to be in order to continue manufacturing consent so that it doesn't look like you're um, pulling the rug out from underneath the citizens. While some citizens have noticed, 
your efforts, fortunately for you, are working. There's a giant portion that is not noticing because they want to live up to the ideals that you profess to either protect, defend, or uh, just even fight for. So, cool. And kind of weaving the America First populist movement into that historical moment. Yeah, you don't want to hear nationalist populist. Um, that's what America First is. America First is nationalism. In case you don't know. It's a, it's just a, it's modern day, it's a modern day political slogan to say nationalism. Um, and then to apply this to populism, mob mentality, maybe that's not the right way to label populism, but it's to say that it's appealing to the working class, the majority popular people. Um... It's not what it is. This this is the corporate takeover, and another four more years will solidify it. So, uh, everybody brace for impact, because we're living in two different worlds here. I don't watch too much CNN, MSNBC. I don't watch any MSNBC or. Um, is there anything other than CNN and MSNBC? I don't watch The Hill. I actually don't like watching TYT because I feel like they do too much of what I do, which is like just rant. And I don't re really like listening to their rants too much just because I feel like I'm really getting talked at. Doesn't seem too enjoyable. Um, hmm. I, I, what is another mainstream one? Because I don't watch NBC or CBS, I don't have cable. I, I go out of my way to watch Fox News because I want to see what the other, like, way on the other side of my beliefs, what they believe and what their narratives are. And what I am starting to notice is that they are in a completely different United States than we are. Uh, and it's purposefully oppositional, which uh, can drag progress down, mainly for the working class who I believe I would fight for their interests. Uh, the working class, but everybody says that, right? So um, can't really sit, talk about it unless you walk about it, you know? So uh, that's where we are right now. It's just when I hear nationalism and populism becoming that mold for the movement of a political leader, I get worried. That's a red flag to me. That's a red flag, and it's, it's redder than China's, than the USSR's, and uh, my syndicalist flag behind me. Um, uh, it concerns me in the same way that it concerns conservatives of communism. So let's just continue down the rabbit hole to hell. Momentum and then casting out a vision for the future. That's what great leaders do. They, they kind of rally right. you behind a patriotic momentum with vision. Joe Biden didn't even attempt to do that. So the president was All very right, effective the there. All right, so Martha, one of the lines of questioning today about the president's speech is, did he make the case for what he would do if reelected in the next four years? This is coming from lots of people who said, oh, he never answered Sean Hannity, he can't answer the New York Times. Did he do it in the speech last night, Martha? 
Well, to a certain extent, he tried to in one of the end sections of the speech. He went through a number of things. He talked about uh, creating 10 million jobs over the next 10 months. He talked about wanting to go to Mars, um, putting a woman on. Agenda bullet points is not the discussion of policy. It's like reading his Christmas wish list, bro. Why would anybody have to explain that? I am so exhausted. There's so much more work to do. Thank you for choosing Tox News, where we keep it high energy because I fucking love you and I don't want you to fall into the pit of abyss that conservatism seems to be digging for everybody. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, continue on. On Mars was one of the things that he mentioned <clears throat> at the end. So he wants to push forward the space program. He talked about religious liberty. He talked about protecting abortion rights. He talked about um, increasing the economy. So I, I think there were plenty of agenda items that were there. Um, she gave shouts and, and out to the that, evangelicals you know, at the end I there. don't think that the overall delivery was as strong as we have seen in, at certain times for the president. And I do wonder, as I mentioned last night, if it was a great strategy to put him out there every single day because it doesn't lead to that sort of big moment when you've seen the president so many times all throughout the week. However, we do see a lot of the president uh, in you know, every 24-hour news cycle, yeah. as was pointed <laughs> out. One of the things that I thought, when, when you talk about the groups that they want to inspire to bring the vote out. You've got the Make America Great vote, um, and then you've got the Black American vote, which obviously they are trying to get as well, and you've got the women's suburban vote. And I thought that in many ways, uh, he tried to appeal to all of them, of course, at different points in the speech, because it was very long, so it hit on pretty much everybody. But in terms of the, of the MAGA crowd, right, one of the things that I thought was a line that was so... She's like, he, he was so inclusive, but... It because he needed their votes. <laughs> Potent that I haven't heard discussed that much, and I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing, paraphrasing it a little bit. You got this. But he talked about Joe Biden sort of talking the talk with blue-collar workers, but not walking the walk. He said he has empathy for blue-collar workers, but he said then he sends your jobs to China and he sends your sons to war. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty powerful. Yeah. Um, you know, you have to remember that when you look at Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania, the president won in a combination of 70,000 votes in those states. Uh, he knows he needs to win those states. He's behind in the polls in all of them right now. They say their polls look better, but those are the polls that everybody else can, can look at and see. Um, so he's got to bring out more people that will resonate with that. And he's got to prevent Joe Biden from, from pulling those votes away from him. And I thought that was a pretty powerful line of attack. That was interesting. I haven't heard much discussion of that. I literally, hey, um, I, I have nothing to say because there is no points at all of, about her speech. Precisely, um, she uh, said that his point, best point of attack was to attack Joe Biden, <laughs> because it's not really like anything that he actually attacked Joe Biden on was like specific policy issues, other than like the same grievances that you know both left and right pro probably share. Um, but it's also great that Joe Biden doesn't have to promise to end the endless wars in order to become president. He doesn't, and he hasn't. So um, I don't think he has. Did Obama? I think Obama kind of. I think, yeah. It's hard for me to remember, but. Uh, Greg was mentioning David okay. Dorn's widow. Now, he is the uh, policeman who was killed by looters in St. Louis. Today, his daughters came out and said they really didn't want uh, the widow to speak 
there. They said David Dorn was not a Trump supporter and that they felt this politicized his death. What do you think? I think the widow uh, of a woman who, uh, the widow, the woman who spoke, Ann Dorn, has every right to speak wherever she wants to about her husband who was killed in cold blood after doing a friend a favor and trying to keep his business safe. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to comment on the family members, but she was in the crowd last night at the White House on the South Lawn with her family, who happens to not share the same skin color as her, by the way, uh, to listen to the president. <laughs> and you don't have to... <laughs> She sat in the crowd. How can this party be racist? <laughs> be a Trump supporter to want safe communities and to want to stop uh, people from losing their lives simply for defending the property that they have worked so hard over a lifetime um, to keep and to you know use to provide for their family. Um, but I want to touch on another issue real quickly before we go. Um, you know, the speech that President Trump gave... I mean, how are you going to talk about... Um, the Republic, like the Republican National Convention, um, let me, what was I going to say? How can you talk about them politicizing a death without politicizing it further? Hmm. I hate the whole thing, like, oh, this is, you're making this about politics, and you're, you're politicizing this, and it's like, no shit, Sherlock, it's all about fucking politics, that's what this fucking is, that's what this is, and they always do that, but they, uh, used his death for politics, for a political agenda, uh, yeah, they used her speech for it as well, now, she may be a Republican and was interested in doing so as well, she may have been fully aware of the decision that she had made, or the actions that she had committed herself to. She might not have. I don't really know. I don't know. But I think overall, um, they have, <laughs> this year, uh, politicized a few people's deaths. So I wouldn't put it past them for doing it. Uh, she did it slightly by just, you know, oh, the widow can do whatever she wants. But, you know, the widow already initiated the politicization of her late husband. So was long, but they were very strategic in addressing every single issue. So whether, if you're a single issue voter, they went through basically every single topic you could imagine in that speech. President Trump attacked Joe Biden's record and then explained what his record is on the issue after four years in the White House and what he would do in the future on the issue. And I think one of the most effective speeches to speakers was Ivanka Trump because she talked about Did how... Did she just literally say that, like, Trump went down every issue that joe biden has ever tackled or policy and trump countered it with all of his i don't know i don't know i didn't watch it but um i know that he isn't that aware of policy um yet he's really just focused on propaganda and rhetoric i don't think he's actually willing to get too far into policy unless it was in an executive order that he signed or a highly publicized bill She's been in Washington. It's a tough place. And her father has know. forced her to look at her own convictions about the way that politics and policy affect real people. And President Trump was very effective in showing. Oh, my God. Prove it. Prove that policy and politics affect people. Prove it.
trying to get to vote for him, that he is still an outsider, not a corrupted Washington politician after being here for four years, and he's going to continue uh, to keep at bay those temptations about what D.C. can do for people like Joe Biden, who, as Martha pointed out, um, said a whole lot of things to blue-collar workers, to union workers, and voted for the opposite uh, when he was in Washington, D.C. That's fantastic. Thanks, Katie. And it's not because money came into Washington, D.C., but it just because uh, it's just because D.C. is corrupt. So uh, the swamp still needs to be drained. There's still too many pedophile Satanists in office. Uh, vote Trump 2020 so we can bring on Armageddon and finally get the judgment we deserve. Now, moving on, we have uh, Benny Chaperone here to tell us uh, how Trump makes his case, uh, but it's his full show. I'm only going into a segment. Uh, let's get it. Ben, take it away. So, we'll get to the Republican National Convention last night, but let's just be clear about this. The people who are currently making the case for President Trump to be president are not Republicans. They are all of the rioters and the looters and the violent jackasses in the streets harassing normal people who are not bothering anybody, who are, who are attempting to do violence, who are being terrible human beings. It is also the politicians on the Democratic side of the aisle who... It's funny, they're going like this. The, the right wing is going in this very fascinating... Uh, direction where they're dehumanizing while at the same time still calling them humans like Matt Walsh did this yesterday in one of his videos where it's just like they're the the worst kind of human right he just said they're terrible human beings so I mean even though it's not quite dehumanizing as calling somebody like a rat right that's like exactly dehumanizing but it's degrading to humanity uh and I'm not a big fan of it. Not, not a big fan of the rhetoric. Who've decided to soft pedal all of this. Who've decided that they are... And that, I mean, that comes with, like, the whole conservative uh, motif of just believing that uh, the, all the protests are just rioters, looters, murderers, what have you. It's anything but protests. It's anything but the um, exertion of the First Amendment by American citizens. It's anything but that. They're going to look over it. They're just going to say, you know, we, we understand their motivation. We understand what they're doing. We, we get it. We do. You know, it's kind of unnecessary, but really America is systemically racist. Really, their cause is just. America really is a terrible, no good, very bad place. The Democrats who are willing to overlook simple fact. I just want to say if he's like that pissed about criticism on America, like it's just it's petty um, because like by critiquing certain things about America and saying that these things can be improved to improve america just uh, continues or even worsens the condition of america so i work at a grow like we grow plants and we do it indoors which means we have to have a lot of uh let's see machines mechanisms all that blah, blah, blah. equipment in there to hold uh, to create an environment and then hold and maintain that environment for the plants to proliferate because they have to be in specific environments like it would be impossible to grow in the winter because they don't like the cold and so they wouldn't grow they would die um, so we have to make sure that it's constantly spring to summertime and then towards the end we make it we make it like fall time of the plants life cycle but we can do it year-round so we control the environment and mm. Man, I really, like, fell off my Terrible, point just trying to explain Terrible, no good, that. very bad place. 
the Democrats who are. Oh yeah, and um, so like if I were to say that like it's too hot in here, the AC is not working, and somebody was like, "You just fucking hate it here," like no, we just need to fix that AC. You know, it's the, it's the whole argument. If you don't like it, then just leave. And it's like it's it's so it's just a strange argument to have because I'm I'm sure at some point he's going to complain about some progressive um, policy or movement that is advancing America in a certain social or cultural way, um, whether it's through the democratic socialists or just the organizers in the streets or the councils, local councils. Um, they're going to say, man, I hate these policies being enacted. I, they, like, when it's an actual, like, progressive, liberal America, they will dig their heels in and fight that kind of progressivism. And we can't tell them, well, Jen, just leave. They say, no, this is my home. I don't want you to change my home. And it's like, well, dude, this is my home, too, and we have to find a middle ground. And I don't believe, really, the Republicans are uh, interested or conservatives are interested in meeting in middle grounds it's their way or the highway because otherwise you're just immoral you're a degenerate you're a criminal you're a rioter you're a looter you're 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 a terrible person if you do not agree to the exact um moral axioms that they have it's fucking infuriating 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 to me oh my god what are words Whew are willing to overlook simple fact patterns in particular cases in order to draw a broad overarching narrative about how America is systemically terrible. And th this is what is driving Trump's reelect. There are systemic issues. Prospects at this point in time. All the Democrats had to do. If he thinks everything is perfect, then he is totally okay with strong, uh, not strong men, but just totalitarians and authoritarians just coming in and uh, controlling everything so long as his quote-unquote interests or his beliefs are maintained it's wild and i've been saying this since the day that trump was elected all they had to do was not be crazy and they just couldn't do it they tried for a brief second in time to nominate somebody who is not the crazy person right they, they nominated joe biden in order to not nominate the octogenarian communist and it turns out that joe biden right. is too weak to stand up to his own base he is too weak to stand up to the radicalism inherent in his own party and the fact is that even the administration he last served under was rather radical on a lot of these matters. Remember, there were cities that burned during the last Democratic administration. Ferguson burned while Barack Obama stood there and said that people don't make up things like what happened with Michael Brown, except that everything that was said about Michael Brown was, in fact, made up by witnesses who lied about it at the time. Oh, again, like, I'm pretty sure I already talked about this in my last podcast, is that Ben Shapiro mischaracterizes the Michael Brown murder and Freddie Gray's and almost everybody's except for Philando Castile's. So... Ferguson burned. Baltimore burned while Barack Obama was president of the United States. Again, based on a case where the officers were found not to have committed a murder. New York City was pro massive protests in New York City while Barack Obama, Milwaukee burned while Barack Obama was president. So it's not as though Democrats haven't presided over this sort of stuff in the past. And it is Democratic cities that are currently burning. It is Democratic mayors who have allowed this to go on. As I mentioned yesterday, this really is not all that difficult. Government has one job, one job, protect your rights. And the minute that you say that the cops have to be pulled out of areas where they are protecting law-abiding citizens from criminals and villains, the minute you say that the cops are the bad guys and the criminals and the villains are the good guys, you have lost the thread. Well, the Democrats have lost the thread. 
I don't know. I feel like Ben Shapiro's lost the thread, and I feel like that's because he doesn't understand historic. He just doesn't understand history. Like, he doesn't understand where anything comes from, or the events, or how they're connected, and how policy affects all of this. It's He's just completely detached, so long as his uh, traditionalism is protected by the government, not necessarily anybody's rights. He will take away your rights if that means that he can maintain his. I, I honestly believe that, because what he does is defend a president who sends in federal agents to uh, kidnap uh, protesters, and he will justify those actions all day long, even though there's been many disputes on how uh, constitutional this act is. Even if, just because it is dubious on whether or not it's constitutional, Ben Shapiro should have a bit more of an issue with it, but he doesn't. And I'm not surprised. And not only have they lost the thread, they've decided to reject reality. They, they, like, completely reject it. Reality is no longer of consequence. Wasn't I just saying earlier that, like, we, we, we are obviously living in two different Americas? It's, it's so obvious. It's so obvious. But apparently, w the left is delusional. In too many parts of the Democratic Party. And this is how you end up with the notion in the Democratic Party that facts are secondary to narrative. So there's more information now coming out on this shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin, which has led to these massive riots in Kenosha, Wisconsin, burning down of, of city blocks, right? While the Democrats said nothing about it all of last week. For the Democrats, it was all about America being systemically racist and evil and terrible and no good and very bad. But what? no real harsh words for the rioters and the looters, even Joe Biden. I don't even think Kenosha was going on when they had their DNC, bro. <laughs> oh my God. He was killed on the, I, no, he wasn't killed. He was shot on the 21st, so I guess it was just last Friday. No, because he was shot on Sunday, and then he was shot on Sunday, and then uh, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse shot people on Tuesday. So, <laughs> and his tepid little statements about how it's unnecessary violence. It's unnecessary. Why is it unnecessary? According to Joe Biden, it's unnecessary because, well, you know, you can use the political process to elect people like Joe Biden. But if Donald Trump were to win again, then the threat of fascism is on the horizon, in which case, presumably, it's necessary. There is a, a rather open extortion tactic that is being used by Democrats these days that is extraordinarily ugly. I, I'm Whoa, I'm going to have to go back on that. One second, one second. There is some fascinating stuff in that one. I tell you what. Let me go back a little bit. Said nothing about it all of last week. For the Democrats, it was all about America being systemically racist and evil and terrible and no good and very bad. But no real harsh words for the rioters and the looters, even Joe Biden's tepid little statements about how it's unnecessary violence. It's unnecessary. Why is it unnecessary? According to Joe Biden, it's unnecessary because, well, you know, you can use the political process to elect people like Joe Biden. No, I mean, I think it's unnecessary because the like the representatives in, in the government could do more. And you know that, Ben, because you've been saying that. You see, you've been saying, like, oh, these, it's, it's all in these uh, Democrat-run states and it's all the Democrats' fault. So, you know, it's a leadership problem. And it's not just uh, the Democrat leadership problem. It extends all the way to the tippy-top, bud. 
all the way to the tippy top because he is the representative leader especially he's like the leader of the republican party at this point um i don't know who's who's bitch maybe it's a uh, symbiotic uh parasitic relationship but if donald trump were to win again then the threat of fascism is on the horizon in which case presumably it's necessary there's a a rather open extortion tactic that is being used by democrats these days that is extraordinarily ugly I, i'm i've yet to see a republican riot Okay, like in the modern era, have you seen Republicans rioting? I'm, I'm old enough to remember when they were calling Tea Partiers terrorists. We're standing. I mean, I've seen like horrifying videos of like right, like further right uh, of the political stream, like actually like jumping people, mugging people, ambushing people as well. So mostly Proud Boys. I've seen those videos a lot. And then, I mean, if I'm going to consider it like the the all of this has mostly been like cop riots like although the cops aren't well some cops are destroying public property i saw another video i think it was in kenosha where a cop had shot um a rubber bullet at a window and it broke the window but uh i'm sure that was blamed on the protesters but like overall too like the way that the cops have been, just been beating the shit out of protesters and arresting them and kidnapping them and just taking out all their aggression out on protesters who you guys are peddling as evil, disgusting, terrible people. Uh, I think they're rioting just as much as the rioters, if we're going to bring it down to that equivocal, uh, uh, yeah, down to that level, just because, like, it sounds like violence is the only thing that separates a, a, a protest from a riot. And everything the cops do is state-sanctioned violence against protesters, against American citizens. So... Standing there with American flags and playing corny songs and wearing hats with the brims not properly bent. Right? That, that, they were terrorists. <laughs> the, the Tea Party were bad guys. Not one incident of serious violence at a Tea Party protest. Not one. Hey, now you have nearly every BLM protest breaking out randomly, apparently, into some sort of riot or looting as soon as the curfew hits. And yet we are being told that these are yeah, the best among us. This is the, this is. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. He's mischaracterizing. If you go to a protest, it's like as soon as they say that it's a curfew, they they also place it as a riot. This happens before any property is even destroyed. As soon as the curfew is announced, so is the riot. The cops announce the riot. The protesters don't. And it's after the cops answer with brutality, and the politicians don't answer at all. And the media doesn't pay attention. That's when shit starts to burn. That's when shit starts getting stolen. But they don't want to characterize or tell the story like that because then there would be too much sympathizing and you wouldn't just fucking denounce them and shoot them in the face. The kind of protest that America stands for. But you know what? You really shouldn't get too violent because after all, you can just elect Joe Biden, this octogenarian. 50-year politician who's not accomplished anything of major consequence in his career, except for the only thing that he actually did was a, a criminal uh, a criminal justice bill that lengthened sentences that he now says was a bad idea. Yeah. So yep. all of this has come to a head in the last week a and a half. You can see the shift in the narrative because Democrats are starting to realize that this is extraordinarily damaging, like seriously, seriously damaging to their electoral prospects. In Wisconsin particularly, rural Wisconsin is going to show up and vote now. Rural Minnesota and Minneapolis are going to show up and vote now. There are a lot of people who weren't going to show up and vote because they were alienated by Trump's personality and the DNC banked on people being alienated by Trump's personality. That was the DNC's entire pitch. There's nothing there about what they were actively going to do. 
They ignored their own agenda. It was all about how Trump was a bad, mean, orange, bad man. Well, guess what? Trump can be a bad, orange, mean, bad, orange man. But when people are watching cities burn, and when they are watching suburbs being invaded by rioters and looters, and we saw that in Seattle last night, when they see people walking through the streets of major cities and being harassed and harangued by protesters getting directly in their face, when they're watching people being punched in the head for no reason other than their political perspective, when they see that, they go, okay, so you're, you're telling me that because Trump is vulgar and a boor, and because he does things I don't like, that I'm supposed to vote for people who incentivize this, this sort of extortion? Americans... Re- Nothing he talked about was incentivized by that. Like, you can't... Uh, you know, I've saw, I saw on Twitter tons of people denounce those, those situations, not necessarily politicians, but a lot of politicians didn't even pay any mind to it because, honestly, Democrats are pretty vapid, um, just as much as Republicans... Um, but he's always like take lumping these, uh, isolated incidents into the same event. And I don't know, it just feels bad faith to me. So I just wanted to point that out. I don't think I have too much to elaborate on it. I just want to resent being extorted. They resent the electoral extortion that is now being effectuated upon them by the democratic party. And again, the Democratic Party is going full scale with this sort of stuff. They really are. They are ignoring fact patterns in order to propagate a narrative they think will be electorally valuable for them that will drive out what they think will be minority voters to the polls. I think it's going to backfire in a pretty significant way here. They're ignoring fact patterns. There's new information on the Jacob Blake shooting, as I mentioned. Here's the new information. This is according to the Wisconsin DOJ investigation. Quote, after the initial attempt to arrest Mr. Blake, Kenosha police officer Rustin Chesky deployed a taser to attempt to stop Mr. Blake. When that attempt failed, Kenosha police officer Vincent Arenas also deployed a taser. However, that taser was also not successful in stopping Mr. Blake. Also, Blake admitted he had a knife in his possession. On the tape, by the way, one of the cops can be heard shouting, drop the knife. Okay, but but apparently fact patterns don't matter. They literally don't matter. We've been- On what tape? On what tape? And are they like, I wonder if Ben Shapiro's banking on like uh, this story getting buried. Because I mean, the Wisconsin is taking forever to, you know, fully investigate this. But, you know, when you watch the way uh, Michael Brown's uh, murder was investigated and reported, um, they the, the DOJ is not, especially of the state, um, it's, it's not great. It's not great. There should be like a, another, there should be a more, uh, third party investigator. Um, but we don't actually have the transparency that we believe we do in America. I've been told by, by top level Democrats but that the facts of these cases do not matter because the overarching narrative is all that matters. And when you ignore the facts in order to preserve an overarching narrative that ends with riots and looting, when you soft pedal the riots and the looting, Americans are going to resent it. For example, here's Wisconsin's lieutenant governor yesterday. He literally said we don't need an investigation into this case. This is Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes, Democrat of Wisconsin. He literally says, in a case that requires an investigation, we don't need an investigation. Now, first of all, I think the facts on the ground and the tape on the ground already show that any investigation... I mean, honestly, you shouldn't uh, take somebody saying what somebody else said without hearing what they said. So I'm just saying that is going to end with the acquittal of these cops that there are no criminal charges that will be that they cannot be you can't file do you know how many of the cops that have done that that's nothing new ben of course that's gonna happen but that's what needs to change you f- 
God damn it. Criminal charges against police officers who arrived to arrest a man uh, with an open warrant for domestic abuse and sexual assault. And by the way, we are now learning that one of the people, that the person who called the cops was apparently one of his prior victims. Okay, and he showed up at her house. And that's why she called the cops. The cops show up. He resists arrest. No sources, no proof. There's nothing. There's nothing. And so it leaves it up to us. But if you listen to Ben Shapiro, then you probably just trust what he's saying. How lazy. He can't even put sources in his own fucking video where he hires editors to put that in for us. But he doesn't have to because of his audience. Come on. <laughs> He is tased twice. He ignores their orders. He gets up. He may or may not have a knife. We don't know that yet. We do know that he reaches into the car and they find on the floorboards of the driver's side a knife. Okay, I, I am sorry. There is no circumstance whatsoever under which these cops are convicted of anything. It's just not going to happen. But according to the Democrats, we see the not knife? only should these cops be convicted, you don't even need an investigation. The facts literally don't matter. Here's the lieutenant governor of the state of Wisconsin claiming that we don't need an investigation to determine that this was not only a bad shooting, but a racial shooting. So they haven't established that it's bad. They haven't even established that it's racially motivated. They haven't established one iota of this stuff. All that matters is the overarching narrative. As long as Democrats propagate this stuff and then riots break out in the streets and they poo-poo it, Americans are not going to vote for this. They are not. Okay, here's Lieutenant Governor Manzella Barnes. As the governor said, uh, DCI's investigation is ongoing, but we don't need an investigation to know that Blake's shooting falls in a long and painful pattern of violence. And this is a pattern of violence that happens uh, against black lives too often across this country. And as you all know, times we saw even more gun violence unfold on Tuesday night when two protesters were tragically killed and one other injured by gunshots. Okay, <laughs> we don't need an investigation, and I'm going to give you the exact reverse of what happened. Okay, when it comes to the quote-unquote protesters who were, were shot and killed, the tape shows them attacking the person who... When did he say that they don't need an investigation? He never said that, and that's what I'm saying, is that Ben doesn't care to provide any sources. All he has to do is say something and make sure that it falls in the right ears. Did the shooting. It's all on tape, guys. And we don't need an investigation. By the way, we don't need an investigation is the mark of people who don't give a damn about due process. It turns out due process is one of the core protections of the Bill of Rights and one of the core reasons for government to exist. And there's the lieutenant governor saying we don't need an investigation to already determine how this fits into our pre-existing narrative about black people inherently being victims in the United States. Incredible. In a second, we're going to see the vice presidential candidate on the Democratic side say exactly the same thing. We'll get to that in just one moment. First, let us talk about the fact that hiring on your... I hate... I. I hate so much how he, like, transfers from, like, reporting the news to <laughs> advertisement. It's another, uh, it's just another lazy thing. <laughs> now, to try ZipRecruiter for the smartest, your former prosecutor... Right now, it seems to me that if you're for an investigation, it was Kamala Harris, just the Wisconsin Lieutenant Governor, Tom. All righty. So it was not just the Wisconsin Lieutenant Governor Back, who baby. says who says we don't need an investigation. It was Kamala Harris, your former prosecutor. Right now, it seems to me that if you're a former prosecutor, you should be responsible enough to say, you know, we might need an investigation before we prosecute somebody. But Kamala Harris, let's throw them all in jail. Kamala Harris. She says we don't need an investigation. We should just charge the officer in the Jacob Blake case. We should just charge him. No investigation necessary. 
if you have evidence to begin an investigation, you can charge them. Especially if, like, it's already obvious that they're a prime suspect. You fucking weirdo. Like, Michael Flynn was charged before he was convicted. In trial. What the fuck are you talking about? Ben Chaperone, you are a law degree earner. Did you earn it? Now, let me just take it with a grain of salt. Okay. Because Kamala Harris is an awful human being who literally has suggested that I mean, constantly terrible human being, awful human being, disgusting human being. It's it's dehumanizing language without with including the word human in it. Cops murder people when the murder not only has been investigated, but debunked. She literally tweeted out last year that Michael Brown was yeah. murdered. Yeah. Michael Brown, the 18 year old yep. who attacked a police officer, reached into his car, fired the police officer's gun, tried to run away, turned around and charged the police officer and was shot for his trouble. All right. He uh, he lied about at least like three of those things. Yep. That is according to two separate state prosecutors. That is according to the Obama Department of Justice. And I trust absolutely none of those because I went over their 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 reports and they don't include anybody's eyewitness account that differs from the police's. Do you see the issue that we're having here, Ben? I get that the uh, state and the police need each other, but this is a codependent relationship and the toxicity is reaching to the communities. Kamala Harris said he was murdered. So here's Kamala Harris ignoring the requirements of due process, ignoring the notions of individual justice, ignoring the belief that facts matter in order to preserve the narrative that black people are inherently put under the knife in the United States of America circa 2020. And this is the, and then you expect people not to riot, you expect people not to loot. Here is Kamala Harris doing this routine. Is there a scenario in which that officer would have been justified, was justified in firing his weapon? Craig, I don't, I don't see it, but I don't have all the evidence. You know, the man was, was going to a, his car. He didn't appear to be armed. And if he was not armed, the use of force that was seven bullets coming out of a gun at close range in the back of the man. I don't see how anybody could reason that that was justifiable. Do you think the officer should be charged? I think that there should be a, a thorough investigation. Did he not? Did he not just say that Kamala Harris does not want an investigation and that he should be charged? If you watch her face, she's having a hard time to even come out with the idea to investigate this. Because you know why? She knows how hard the police union is probably going to fight against this. So please, fuck off. Because the cops are unionized to fight against any legislation. It's like the same thing of having a workers union. So imagine if the cops go on strike. The ruling class, the elite class, whatever class that is up there doing day dog shit dirty work, they will be terrified. They, The cops gotta buy the balls. But we gotta do something about it. As the community who is patrolled by these people, we got to see what we can do. We got to figure it out. And unfortunately, we got to try and figure it out without Kamala. We got to figure out without Joe. And we definitely got to figure it out without Trump. And based on what I've seen, it, it seems that the officer should be charged.
Oh, well, so there should be a full investigation, but also he should be charged. Because you can do both. You can. You do it. You, you can. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Which means you don't need the investigation, do you? She could just say there needs to be a thorough investigation. That could be the end of the sentence. Could it not? There needs to be a thorough investigation. But we've already been told by the lieutenant governor of Wisconsin, you don't need an investigation to determine what happened. And there's Kamala Harris suggesting, we need a thorough investigation. I don't see a circumstance. By the way, we already know there was a knife on the floorboard of the car. No, we don't. We already know that is the case on the driver's side. No, we don't, because he's believing the cop's account, and that's it. We don't know that for sure. We don't know that for sure. It's like the same thing, dude. If he was, like, watching the Kyle Rittenhouse video, or if he was watching the Jacob Blake video when it came out, he doesn't know because it's not in the video evidence, but because he's willing to believe the Department of Justice of Wisconsin and the Police Department of Wisconsin, then he's willing to take it as fact. That's it. And I don't think I have that necessary trust of them uh, because it makes sense for them to cover their ass. This is incompetence to the highest level. Okay, it's not all the way in the back. It wasn't in the trunk or something. We know there's a man with an open warrant for sexual assault and domestic abuse with three kids in the back of the car. He has resisted arrest. He's been tased twice. He walks away from the police officers after bucking them off his back. They just keep piling on enough issues. They just keep piling them on, piling them on, so that that entropy and that apathy inside of you can just grow and grow, and you can feel like a human being is not a human being. The idea is what? The cops are supposed to let him go with three kids in the back of the car? But don't worry, Kamala Harris has, has it all covered. Has it all covered. Now, here's the thing. Democrats don't have to do this. They don't have to soft pedal the violence, but they do because they're enthralled to their woke base. And the woke base is not, in fact, black Americans. The woke base is not black. See, this is the great misnomer is that if you keep saying stuff like this, you're going to drive black voters to the polls en masse. You're going to get the Obama coalition of 2008 back together. When Democrats refuse to condemn the violence in the streets, when Democrats soft pedal it, when they say things not like it is more, it's a moral blight what is happening right now. It is vicious and evil what is happening right now. When they refuse to condemn this in stark terms, when instead they say things like, well, it's unnecessary or we condemn violence on all sides. I'm old enough to remember, by the way, when it was considered insufficient, rightly, for the president of the United States to say about Charlottesville that there were bad people on many sides. There were bad things happening on many sides, on many sides. That was his original statement. It drove a lot of ire, including from me. Go back and listen to my podcast that day. (laughs) Joe Biden is saying exactly the same thing now. He refuses to condemn the violence and the looting that is springing directly from Black Lives Matter protests. He's refusing to. The Democrats are refusing to. You know why? It ain't. It is not because they are enthralled to to black Americans. It is because they're enthralled to white woke liberals who feel more virtuous by condemning the United States, by dissociating from the history, culture, and philosophy of the United States. Ben Shapiro here is alleging that people aren't uh, rooted in humanist ideology. That they are not people of selflessness willing to make... uh, cultural or social sacrifices in order to uplift a cast of people out from suffrage i don't know how else to explain that i know that um a lot of the optics and the actual execution of the movements isn't always a hundred percent but it's better than nothing because to constantly defend the status quo or the establishment is to just continually ignore any problems that are not yours United States of America. They don't have to do this. You know how I know they don't have to do this? 
because there's a courageous man. His name is Representative John DeBerry. He's a Democrat from Tennessee. And a few days ago, he made a speech. And his speech, he talked about how he had grown up in Jim Crow America and how the rioters and the violent looters and all of these garbage human beings are, in fact, garbage human beings. And he nice. named it and he shamed it in stark terms. He is a Democrat. He is a black Democrat, by the way. The notion that black Americans are desperately in favor of people rioting and looting and burning down largely black communities, by the way, is insane. The Democrats have decided to rally around this flag because here's the problem. There are three visions of the United States that are currently on the table. Vision number one, the United States is an incredible place with an incredible founding philosophy. We have not always lived up to that founding philosophy, but working within the system of that philosophy and within the constitutional system, we can effectuate change that reaches toward the perfection of the ideals of the Declaration of Independence. That was a lot of rhetoric. Yeah, that was a lot of rhetoric. Um, and it's it's fascinating because it sounded a bit like American exceptionalism. Uh, but Ben Shapiro did concede that it's it, it isn't perfect. It's incredible, but it's not perfect. Um, and I think that is something that's beautifully written into the Constitution, that it's working towards a more perfect union. And, you know, you can never have perfect. And that's what uh, the most perfect album podcast was able to... to that idea was bestowed upon me by it and i i like it a lot because yeah trying to reach perfection is a never-ending goal because you can never have it and if you did yeah it's it yeah i mean everybody talks about utopia as if it's nirvana and heaven and you know we know how real those are but you know maybe the possibility of creating it is true and the whole good versus evil battle must ensue in order to uh, activate this this uh, utopia, but um, not sure we're ever going to make it in America because we're just so divided right now. And you know, then we have an entire planet to win. So it's 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 a mountain. Uh, it's an up mountain battle. So uh, yeah, it's fascinating that you know you have to think that America is incredible is great the way that it is it's not perfect but if we continue working on the american dream then we can finally achieve it i think that's the uh essentialism and exceptionalism that he's reaching for there right that is one vision of the country in my book how to destroy america in three easy steps i term this the unionist vision for the country that so the unionist is that the country comes together by forward thinking on the ideals that america already has right now but ben shapiro like doesn't know then that his ideas are divisive like you can see that right with your own rhetoric that you divide people if you're not left if you if if you aren't right then you're left then there's the disintegrationist vision of the country the disintegrationist vision you're of right, the country you're says america wrong. is steeped and rooted in evil <laughs> the founding principles are wrong they were a lie when written, as the 1619 Project says, and they remain a lie today. They were but pretty words slathered atop a base of racism and white supremacy and that we need to destroy the system from within. This is the Ibram X. Kendi anti-racist notion. Okay, so, I mean, I, I, would, I, I would agree with the point that, like, the Constitution seems to be a bit 
hypocritical, mainly because it was written by slave owners constantly espousing how important freedom is. So I would concede that point, but I do think that like the first the the Bill of Rights is a, a masterpiece, honestly. And there's so many amendments following after that that it's just like junk them. And I think that's because our uh, contemporary um, industrial age kind of necessitated those, maybe, and the, the westward expansion and all of that shit. But for the most part, like the Bill of Rights, like the I I do have to give some uh credit out to uh what what the fuck is his name uh ben shapiro was just talking about him the other day i mean i gotta give some shouts out to Rousseau. um who was that other dude that ben shapiro was even like talking about he he inspired thomas jefferson and now i can't remember maybe it's john locke um but french philosophers really like the the liberal movement at the time was definitely a blueprint on how to better achieve liberation of human beings from oppression um, because they were oppressed and so they were trying to really figure out how to uh, lift themselves out of it for greater prosperity and it's kind of fascinating how we've reached this time where the that same Con like social contract it's not necessarily being used to oppress us it's still there with the perfect not perfect but the with still with its hypocrisies all laden in through it it still has a great blueprint to continue on like there's freedom of speech man like it, it sounds so simple now but it, it was so revolutionary back then um there's uh the the right to bear arms regulated militias like that shit's insane uh the the whole quartering in your house was a big game changer back in the day <sighs> your legal rights before being just thrown in jail and made guilty like all of these are great uh great importance to uphold rights and i think after 14 maybe you know maybe shortly after that we started to lose our way just kind of patching patchwork to, to fit the times. Uh, I don't think we should throw away the whole thing. I just think that there's institutions in America that are not protected by the Constitution. I think those need to go. Or, you know, need to be reformed in the interests of the public. In order to be anti-racist, you have to destroy the entire system. The Democratic Party wants it both ways. So the Democratic Party wants to argue along with the disintegrationists, that America is indeed rooted in foundational racism, bigotry, homophobia, sexism, and all the rest, just like AOC says. But we should also work within the system. The problem is that once you have granted the premise to this... To, to dis it's fascinating that he would quote that as a disintegrationist because I see that more as a reformer. If you believe that you can work, it, work through the government to enact uh, positive change or social reform... And I think that's more of a reformist. Like, that's so simple. Disintegrationist would be somebody who wants to... I guess, so that's probably the same thing. That's what he sees. But he's more worried about the disintegration of uh, capitalism, which is our economic system and not necessarily our government. Because, you know, a, d a democratic republic isn't necessarily all that bad if, like, the Democrat side, where, like, the, the democracy is much more upheld in... Uh, <laughs> yeah 
much more passionately defended. But capitalism has muddled up a lot of things for us. And that's just because money is the motive. Since integrationists who wish to effectuate violent means, then you're just arguing over means. You're not arguing over core philosophy. Now, the Democrats, many of them would like you to believe that they actually agree with the U. I'm not sure that makes any sense. Um, because if the means are liberation, then, you know, you do, you might have to achieve liberation by any means. I don't think Ben Shapiro would disagree with if you're being overtly oppressed, then you, any human has the right to uh, achieve liberation by any means. We just see a difference in oppression and liberation. Unionist vision, that America's founding philosophy is good, that you can work within the system. But then they refuse to condemn the violence because in essence, meant too many of them agree with the fundamental premise of the rioters and the looters, which is that America is so evil, thoroughly, rotten stem to stern, they just gotta blow up the boat. It's the only way. So if you're just arguing whether to blow up the boat or whether you should put us in charge of the boat, that's gonna be a difficult case to make. And that is why you're seeing Democrats be so ginger about all this. Now again, you don't have to do this if you actually believe in the country. In a second, I'm gonna show you a Democrat who believes in the country, a black Democrat from Tennessee who believes in the country enough to condemn what's going on. Meanwhile, Joe Biden won't. We'll get to that in one second. First. Hmm. It's just so much mischaracterization. I see Donald Trump as the disintegrator of like certain governmental powers, which it being like more of a social safety net for, you know, the workers, which I think the government, if used properly, would be a greater union against corporate interests than, uh, you know, most union organizations. But I guess we've centralized so much power that it's become more of a danger and also easier to corrupt uh, by money. So, um yeah, I mean, we're just, that's just a red scare with Ben Shapiro. Uh, we're going to have to move on to the next red scare. I think I, I think I got to a significant amount of points to maybe uh, just reveal that Ben Shapiro mischaracterizes so much that it's hard to actually dissect any truth. And you basically just have to take everything he says based off the authority that you trust him. I do not. Um... I do not. I don't think he really shares my interests. We see two different Americas, and I think a government can do much more to provide for working class people. But he thinks that it should do much more less. And you know, he has no problem with corporations receiving billions of uh, billions in stimulus packages, which you know happen almost periodically at this point. But uh, somebody getting paid in unemployment—it's it's just too much. So up next, we have uh, Sargon of Akkad telling us why socialists are bad. And I'm not trying to cause drama or start arguments or attack anyone, but I really think there is an important conversation that has to be had between Shuon Head and my friend Short Fatataku. Um, I've known both of these people for a very long time, since Gamergate and probably before, in fact. And I like both of them very much. I really do like both of them. But it's become obvious that Sean Head is becoming radicalised towards communism. And in fact, I, with my burner account on Twitter, have tweeted at her, look, dude, by the end of the year, at this rate, you're going to be a communist. And she replied with never. 
and then deleted that tweet. And all we see now is this radical cascade into what appears to be just full communism. And I'm just staggered by it. And it, it's... I don't understand her objection to woke politics without also not being a communist. Because woke politics are the apotheosis of communism. That's weird. Are you... Is Wait. Are people on the right proud of being against woke? Being woke? Is it because it's a modern slang? Um, because, like, if you actually are a participant in modern culture, you know that word means being consciously aware. Huh. They're, they're, they're communism applied to everything. That there is there is no possession, no boundary, no stopping something, and this is something that she really should think about. I mean, this is a great example, right? This is where this 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 thread begins, and I'm going to take you through it because it's important. Is it? So she says, uh, <laughs> you know, on Jezebel.com, obviously the the worst of the woke. Say on thinner bodies, the strawberry TikTok dress skews a tiny bit fascist. To which Shu rightfully says, what nonsense take. Absolute nonsense take. I mean, this is the article in question, and I mean, it's, it's this bit here. This is the precise sort of dress that Liesel from The Sound of Music would have worn to chase a burgeoning Nazi around a gazebo at night. On thinner bodies, the dress skews a tiny bit fascist. Unreal. Unbelievable. Ridiculous proposition i mean i'm gonna kind of agree just because yeah it's a premise right no 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 that's the conclusion but we didn't get any of the premises so or premises so um while the 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 conclusion is outrageous the logic to it may not be i'm just i give people the den the benefit of the bout uh on these ones <laughs> i did that on purpose but um I mean, I try to give it to the right people at sometimes, but like most of the time, it just reaches reaches a point of just complete apathy. That it's like, man, you're not even. Who hurt you? That's that's what I usually end up wondering. Who hurt you, Sargon? And so someone replies, "Can we please leave 2015? Don't forget you're here forever." And this is this is very 2015 as well. This is an embarrassingly 2015 position to have. But then. Short for Otaku's secretary on Twitter uh, says it's also tiresome. I wish American figures. Uh, I wish America figures out the universal health care so the rest of the left can be jettisoned into the fucking sun. The socialists, the tankies, the woke scolds, the SJWs, all of them. Yes, I mean I think that a kind of populist, nice. patriotic left is definitely possible, but that cannot be rooted in Marxism. It cannot be rooted in socialism, and all of these things are. All of these things are rooted in Marxism. And you see that? Populist leftism, which um, uh, sounds like socialism to me, or even farther, which he wouldn't agree with. Anarchism. I don't know what kind of populist leftism he would be okay with. That's. Can you explain exactly what that is without socialism? Um, but he's like anti-Marxism, anti-socialism. There's predates uh socialism predates marx but uh marxism is just an analysis of i think the economy 
and the you know the social relationship of it so i don't know what he is uh yeah i don't i don't understand that um he's just against marxism then and i think he's just against workers having the most democracy and uh means of production i think he wants concentrated wealth how can you be populist while believing in concentrated wealth wealth is power that's uh contradictions hurt my head so shu says one of these things doesn't belong no it does all of these things belong socialism is the root of all of these problems because socialism in the modern sense there are there in the in the in the 18th and 19th centuries there were pre-marxist versions of socialism but marx has mm. conquered that particular area of debate well it's because the socialists acknowledge marx's uh economic analysis now i don't think um adam smith and his uh, analysis and also theory was really all that wrong it just definitely has a positive connotation towards what he even referred to as the masters uh, Marx isn't as hmm, he doesn't sugarcoat it and I think that's the, the problem and also Das Capital is not an easy fucking read well Wealth of Nations isn't an easy read either economics isn't an easy read either but I think what Marx really tried to do was break it down so that working class people can understand the mechanisms of capitalism that led to their exploitation and that's maybe why Sargon doesn't want people to understand Marx uh, but he will easily just say, no, it's because of Maoist China and Stalin, Russia. Uh, all socialism now is essentially Marxism. And any of the socialists will say, well, I'm not a Marxist socialist. Okay, yeah, you're an irrelevant socialist. No one's listening to you. Okay. But so mm, I'm so confused. Yeah, I'm just, I'm confused. The sort of Haku's secretary says, wait a second, shoot. In the Carlin debate, you said you didn't want to dismantle capitalism, just fund a broader safety net with taxes, and I agree with you on that. And I agree with her on that, to a certain extent. <laughs> There's a, a deeper conversation. But anyway, have you actually gone full property expropriation? And instead of answering, she says, that doesn't mean the socialists are bad. Now, that's very interesting, isn't it? Have you gone full property expropriation? That doesn't mean the socialists are bad. Well, I can't help but completely agree with Dev's secretary here. It absolutely means the socialists are bad. Dude, the Nazis were like, we're more moral and more deserving of your property because of our race, and the socialists are, we are more moral and more deserving of, our, of your property because of our class. They're both evil. Spot on from Dev. Spot on. He's, he is, I'll leave a link to his channel in the description. He is fantastic. Um, yeah. Like, no. It's just like... You know, the the capitalist has the choice of hoarding all of his wealth away from his workers, whereas nobody has a choice to really be Jewish. Um, that choice was made a long time before somebody's birth. 
Jeff Bezos could decide to give much more larger portions of his wealth away to ensure, I don't know, human prosperity, but he decides not to. Amazon decides not to. Fox News decides not to. These billionaires and billionaires will create charity foundations that, you know, to be perfectly honest, probably only move forward their political agendas and also marginally help in certain areas. It's not really quite enough to actually effectively change the system, but to effectively change the system is to redistribute the means of production, which Sargon is against and sees as evil, as is this dude. And that's why Shuan had said, well, the socialists aren't bad, because if you're going to actually have a marketplace of ideas, which everybody claims to have in America, right? Freedom, freedom, freedom. We love it, right? Sure we do. And that's why we're just so committed to making sure that socialists can't speak. But then he'll say, well, they don't let Milo Yiannopoulos speak. Well, they don't let people they name fascists speak. And it's like, well, <laughs> that's, that's part of the tactic, man. That's part of the tactic. But, you know, I always have to say it, and I will say it as many times as I can say it, if you are not anti-fascist, what are you? It doesn't matter if individual socialists are friendly people. I'm sure some individual fascists were too. I mean, there are like Richard Spencer. His whole shtick was being polite and debonair and upper class. Like, yeah, but it's... there's nothing polite about his ideology. That's the fucking point. So deep down, he's a terrible person. Anyone. <laughs> can put on it's a, a friendly facade. face when exactly. dealing with whoever they're dealing with. But as he says, but the hard line of extremism on the right is state worship and racial supremacy, and the hard line of extremism on the left is property expropriation. He's completely <laughs> correct. Now <laughs> They're just so obsessed with like property rights and that it has to be like that's my problem is that they ha it has to be concentrated into f as few hands as possible is what they believe because they think only responsible hands can lead this uh, lead this humanity to the um, land of or the earth of milk and honey and it's like no dude honestly like we can all do it together and nobody has to be better than anybody else but they just don't want to live in that world either. I get everybody has a bit of narcissistic egoism, um, but you, you gotta let it go. Like, you can't let it take you to the point where you think you deserve more wealth than any other human being or that you deserve more power than any other human being. Your narcissistic egotism should not lead you to believe that you can be president of the United States or a global world leader. Please sit down. Bitch, be humble. Now, he gets into a bit of an exchange with some smooth-brained guy who, who knows nothing about this and then asks her about a stream that was done on some small communist channel called the surfs uh he says right before you guys went on the surfs i like how he just shit talked the surfs stream and went hi guys wow yeah. this is cool they were talking about the revolution how to kill their opponents and what to do with the cops afterwards etc me and dev were watching this together because we couldn't believe just the stuff that they were saying and then people like anthony fantano went on your movie sucks went on and it's like these oh, yeah, guys the are openly stream. discussing murder murder and widespread theft until everyone's property is owned by the state and what's what's fascinating is that he doesn't have a single clip to back this up People are just, just going on word like for this it. is normal. And he says, would you go on a show where Nazis talked about how best to kill the Jews? What the fuck are you doing? I don't think she's responded to this, which is disappointing. Because um, it's he, a bad faith argument. says, listen, I'm not trying to BTFO owned you. 
I'm trying to tell you that the people you hang around with, they're not good moral people. This is like when Chris Reagan made excuses for Richard Spencer in 2016 out of ignorance. I hope it is for you too. And I recall this. I recall watching Chris Reagan's response to this. But in 2016, no one knew who Richard Spencer was. And so, like, when he's saying, like, hail Trump, hail our people, and everyone's like, he's a Nazi, you're conditioned to be like, look, whoever they're saying is a Nazi is probably the Nazis. You know, like, how that thought process will lead you to miss actual Nazis, right? Because somebody will be like, that's a Nazi. And then the Nazi will be like, oh, you said it. Get him. And then the guy who pointed out the Nazi being a Nazi is taken away from being a Nazi. Uh, double think. Uh, great. Uh, Sargon is definitely not uh, conflicted on the inside and is uh, definitely worth... Uh, taking opinions in because he is the most genius of genos the ultimate and the boy crying wolf and that was you know totally understandable that chris raygun didn't just go oh yeah this guy's a nazi because you didn't know you know i mean he did sound a bit nazi-ish now that you think back on it but again once so many people have been <laughs> when you think back on it no it's because enough people definitely agree that he is and accused <laughs> of being a nazi for such a long period of time you again it's crying wolf you you have to take this with a pinch of salt turns out that that was the case with richard spencer but um what it's it's also the case that the the socialists are bad like people like Vos, people like the sus these these are people who will kill people if given the opportunity i mean they, they just sit there talking about it i'll get some clips and put them in so you can see exactly the sort of thing they're saying so there's there's this one thing that i have been thinking about a lot in Finally. terms of like um abolition um and i guess like a just transition out of policing in general but like not just in a way that like oh i want like former killer cops to just like you know have a easy um life afterwards after we like defund and abolish all of that but just more like what do we do with people who have like the skills and the tactics to um, be a roving murder gang um, when they're not employed as police. Um, where does that factor into um, discussions of abolition? But I feel like that's pretty spicy because people don't want to think about cop. Sure. And, like, yeah, that's not cancelable for me. That's just real talk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's sensible. I mean, uh, the, the, the one reason that I'm not yeah. for prison abolition yeah, ab yeah, ab like is what will we do with the cops? <laughs> it's a fair question. I'm a little nervous to ask it sometimes, especially on Twitter. Cause no, it's a fair it's... question. And here's the thing is that, like, because we do have, you know, many cops that have been acquitted who should have gone to jail. You know, when we talk about a, uh, abolishing the prison, we have to talk about um, the thing that has to replace it. And it's not that the idea itself is intrinsically broken right the idea of consequences following actions it's the foundations that it's built upon which is normally just isolation and the stripping of rights and you know we can have a debate on how effective that truly is and whether or not it contributes or detracts uh, recidivism we have to have the conversation though <laughs> and if you have to if you set limits on the conversation because you're getting too radical then you know what kind of change do you want to see i don't believe sargon wants to see any and there's there's a problem because then any talk becomes radical 
I haven't heard anything radical yet. Known for nuance, um, and I don't really like really? typing out, <laughs> typing out like all the things that I'm thinking. But yeah, it's just something that I'm like, wait, have we have we thought about the other end of? Um, I'm nervous to ask it sometimes, especially on Twitter, because it's definitely not a place that's known for nuance. Um, and I don't really like typing really? out, <laughs> typing out like all the things that I'm thinking. But yeah, it's just something that I'm like, wait, have we have we thought about the other end of um, a, other end of these things? Because with revolution, there's always counter revolution. So, um, and I'm nervous because we're not a uh, we're not a solid, I guess, we're not a solid group with ammunition and tactics yeah. and training <laughs> where, you know, if we, yeah. if we needed to. I would definitely say that, like, the further left than Democrats uh, left, they're, they're, yeah, we're not not quite organized or disciplined enough to enact a revolution but even by speaking of revolution sargon immediately goes to the idea that it's going to be a violent revolution initiated by leftists um the thing is here though is that most like just like the protests it starts out peaceful but because of the reaction of the state and the powers that be it turns into something completely uh not completely different but it just it escalates the situation and tensions rise so that's that's what you get if people aren't willing to meet in the middle or change or um actually make concessions so that certain parts of the community are at peace defend ourselves right not yet yes i want to i want to make that clear not yet but i just like i don't see it um in my immediate vision so i'm wondering like how how does that even happen <laughs> i think that's the cancelable part it's just like i might sound a little defeatist um i guess from like the perspective of, like where i sit politically i don't necessarily think that's a defeatist attitude i think that's a pretty like legitimate question um i think a lot of people uh do tend to get caught up in the sort of like uh fantasy world of like what it is to like do the armed thing or to do like an insurrection or to like be like anti this anti that and not actually like ask well like we have people within our society that are important like what do we do with them or like what can we do and so i don't think that's cancelable i think that's a very reasonable thing and i think people just need to have this conversation i think a lot of people um personally are just uncomfortable with revolution mm -hmm. like in general because like there are people that are going to lose more like even like we see this at protests right so like it, you'll have like white people protesting but then, like, if there are, like, people, like, BIPOC people at the same protest, they're going to get, like, higher forms of reciprocity than, like, white protesters. So you have mm -hmm. to, like, consider, like, is your activities going to get, like, those more vulnerable populations, like, in trouble? So, yeah, um, it's just the nature of that. So, yeah, I don't think it's cancelable. I think it's really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I feel know. like that's, like... Uh, yeah, like a big thing. Like I've like I know friends who will like talk about like revolution as if it's like yeah no like this will be like an easy thing to like get like so many people on board with as like as if like like it, it's hard for like left wing candidates to even get like elected, let alone like how many people do you think are actually willing to die in a civil war to fight for those, let alone, like if they aren't even joint like uh, voting for them. Like I, it is such a far away goal that yeah. Like, yeah, I, not not that it's, like, um, 
wrong to want to like be thinking about that but also to like act as if that's like a far gone like easy thing that we'll get to in any reasonable amount of time i think is yeah very unrealistic it's actually incredible that a bunch of people are getting on board with murderous extremists who actually have the intention of overthrowing capitalism taking oh everyone's God. property and making us all serfs of the state oh, man. that is literally See, and that's kind of like the dehumanizing language that, like, the Fox News and Ben Shapiro aren't really willing to get too much into quite yet. But that's why you go to Sargon, is because he can prime the people who are basically already there. Actually, what a socialist government does, it removes your property rights, so it removes your ability no, to no, have no, an... No, 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 no. Property rights are still very important. It's just the redistribution of certain power right we're talking democracy and wealth that's it income independent of the government the socialist one-party dictatorship government and they will determine every economic aspect of your life from this point onwards this is awful awful in every i mean it would be great if you know by freedom of association that everybody did go underneath the same banner but i think like there is room for like all ideologies it's just when one ideology wants to rule the entire country yeah you start to have a problem uh i again i don't really think socialists would uh ban everybody else otherwise like again we need to have a freer marketplace of ideas um i think they would be more open to having anarchists there for their uh, opinions about mutual aid and freedom of association and many other practices but to just shut off and everybody should be capitalist and everybody should be conservative like that's what i'm more worried about than anybody talking about revolutionary acts or uh, radicalization even, even radicalization is just a dumb term meaning that you expanded your consciousness like <laughs> Just get the fuck out of here with all this traditionalism, bro, and embrace the future. Every fucking way. And so when she was just like, well, the socialists, that, that doesn't mean socialists are bad. No, that does mean socialists are bad. That's why people flee socialist countries. Socialism is not universal healthcare. That's not what it means. The Scandinavian country. Mm. It doesn't necessarily mean that, but I'll be right back. I have to use the bathroom. I know. Unprofessionalism. Yeah, a, a better podcaster would have edited that out. But, ooh, baby, I like you raw. All right, um, I believe what he was saying is that, you know, you're going to be told what you have to do uh, socially and economically. And to be perfectly honest with you, if we were to go with, say, Vosh's route of market socialism, yes, we, we can figure out how the workplace can work, right? 
and move the economy from there, right? All we're basically trying to discuss right now is more workers co-ops because then that can redistribute uh, wealth. And then maybe if we can stop fucking with our elections by destroying the United States Postal Service and making sure that, you know, shadow companies, literally named shadow, are counting our votes. Like, we need just, you know, at least, you know, legitimately authentic, uh, verifiable elections. You know, completely unfucked with of course you can't stop other nations but our nation itself should be able to make sure that our elections are always legitimate always and then we can focus in then on having a more democratized workplace because essentially right now we all work underneath authoritarian uh uh workplaces in varying degrees i would definitely say mine is a little bit more freeing just because we don't have micromanagement but micromanagement starts to get to like 1984 levels like amazon's fucking insane when not letting people go to the bathroom <sighs> so we don't know essentially how a lot of things would work in socialism because it is going to change our uh social relationships a lot but, you know, by not doing anything, you make the situation worse. By at least advocating ideas that, you know, purport to be the natural evolution of capitalism, honestly, then, you know, we, we can start really looking forward to a more egalitarian future that doesn't have to depend on meritocracy and ensuring that if you don't produce, you don't live, you know? Because we, we don't need it. We have machines to do it. So... <laughs> are not part. socialist european countries are not socialist you don't win in these countries by calling yourself a socialist jeremy corbyn had a landslide defeat from calling himself a socialist socialists are something abstract ideological revolutionary and dangerous the 20th century has shown us this socialism is the most dangerous thing that humanity has ever created and you're accidentally falling into I don't know, it. and I feel like a lot of these states who have uh, taken the nomenclature of socialists or communism only do so to um, justify their authoritarianism, which means that their nation's peoples don't necessarily understand the terms of socialism, what it truly means, but I haven't heard of too many nations actually having workers' co-ops, so if I could get more information on of that, that would be great. I would want to know which nation actually has the most workers' co-ops and then see how that compares to the United States. Let's see. Hold on. This is a long podcast, but we got we to gotta do some research every once in a while. Nation with the most... Worker cooperatives. Damn, it's all the way down there. Worker cooperation is well established in most countries in Europe. Oh. With the largest movements being in Italy, Spain, and France. Oh. Huh. So apparently it's pretty normal. They're not socialists, though. They're still very capitalist, so that's fascinating. But maybe they're a lot closer to achieving actual socialism than we are here in the United States. Maybe we're just full-on going down ANCAP Highway. <laughs> Who knows? Because these assholes on the radical left... Because, like, to be perfectly honest with you, is the board from uh, Outer Worlds, is that not ANCAP? Is that not anarcho-capitalism which is basically just libertarianism with no government 
the board is the government and they well, the whole thing would then just become a corporation so i feel like that just enters a new realm of a word that i don't really know hmm. for profit republic i don't know you and saying well this is the only way you're gonna get universal health care it's the only way no it's not the only way you're gonna get universal health care like all of europe didn't become socialist and we still have universal health care this is not the only way to do things and i don't yeah. think it's going to get done i think that donald trump's going to win significantly yeah and that's that, 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 that he just proved it like uh that's not socialist to have universal health care to have ubi that's not socialist either the government giving away money isn't socialist the government doing stuff isn't socialist the very basic foundational idea is democratization of the workforce that is socialism That's because it. of this sort of slide towards the radical left but dude you've you've got to ask yourself like what are you doing like what are you doing what are you trying to go for i mean ask them honestly what they want what their ideal world looks like. Democratization what, of the workforce. It's going to involve guillotines, which is what we're seeing in Portland, the most radical expression of socialism. Because, shoot, and I, I... Inspired by the French Revolution, who overthrew their oppressors, the bourgeoisie, by using guillotines. It's, it has a historical precedent that is symbolic. And I'm sorry if, like, if the protests reach to a point of a revolution... But that's what you get when you don't address the grievances of the citizens. When you just continue to oppress, you get opposition to that oppression. So it's just strange that people can't see one fish, blue fish. You know, it, it just follows. One fish, two fish, three fish, four fish. It all makes sense, man. I have to stress this. This Marx thought socialism was merely a step on the way to communism. The point That's is that true. we abolish private property. First of all, by collective... Communism is actually that thing where you have you get most of your necessities uh, for free. You know, at, at, the, the thing was, though, is that Marx was predicting that automation was going to take over so significantly that, like, uh, labor was going to become ineffective. Like, not... Like, human labor wasn't going to be as needed. And you can, you can just merely provide for people because the world is automated. Now, this is before... Uh, climate change, where we are starting to see shifts in the geography and, effect, in, and that affects the uh, agriculture. I don't know how much that's going to affect us in the future, but Marx was predicting with the level of industrialization and automation that we would eventually probably lead ourselves towards luxury communism, where, you know, necessities are made free and we would figure out, I don't know how we would do luxuries, Unless it was by social credit, which I, I still don't understand. ...sizing it all within the power of the state, and then educating the populace, apparently, to no longer needing the state, and the state withers away, and we're left with our communist utopia, where nobody owns anything. Never works out, nobody ever gets past the collectivizing all property and tyrannizing an entire society, which is why the socialists look exactly like the fascists in practice. Exactly. And it always does. Every socialist country looks exactly that way. And it's why they've got guillotines. Just, again, the French Revolution was the first communist revolution. The, the Paris Commune is the, the first example of this. And they're burning an American flag, man. Are you on board with people who burn American flags? Are you in favor of lighting the symbol of your country on fire? 
Well, and it's not but that the, the, literally the flag means itself... you don't understand the fundamental relationship between the community and its government, and your decision to not understand that is what leads to your opposition and then eventual disdain so much that you probably want people dead and you know i can say that because you say that about socialists you've opened that door who gives a fuck they're burning your flag they're burning the symbolism of it they're burning what it represents which yeah. is individual liberty eh. your personal rights and i think it's systemic okay he knows he knows he just doesn't care part of your rights is owning your property I mean, do you think your property should be appropriate? Do you think it should be taken away from you? Can you find a way to defend the United States of America at this point? That's what you have to ask yourself. And if you can't, why not? You know, as the United States never done anything good, you know, you've got to really ask yourself where you're going with this. Because I'm looking at, th this is not the person I knew from back in the day, man. Like, the, the things that you're on board with, and you're, the people you're hanging around, like, the serfs are totally in favor of this, right? They're totally in favor of all this. Vorsch is in favor of all this. Like, the, this is what they want. They're, they're not shy about saying it. And it's wild how Twitch will allow these revolutionaries to stream all day, going, yeah, we're going to kill the cops. We're going to get rid of all the fascists, quote-unquote. We're going to exterminate our un the undesirables. There's a certain segment of the population who need to they be killed... And Twitch are like, yeah, no problem, you know, but did you insult some woman? Did you misgender someone? Whatever it is, deplatform, deplatform, deplatform. You know, and I don't They never said that. follow Twitch at all, so, I, you know, I don't know who the content creators are, but I hear, you know, like, Dr. Disrespect, some guy with millions of followers, just gone for no reason. No one, no one knows why. He doesn't know why. And it's just like, right, okay, but these people are okay. These people are right. And again, like, like I hung out with Anthony Fanhano in 2017. He was an amazing guy. Really nice guy. And then he went full AOC and was like, no, everyone's a right-winger and everyone's evil. And he's going on the surfs as well. And I'm like, dude, this is not the person you want to be. This is not, I, I don't think that you think you're being good people when <laughs> you pal around with these people. Like, It's funny, man. Like, literally, that's just how socialists see him. But he is a crypto-fascist. Like, that's, that's the problem, though, is that, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing, is that the fascist sees the socialist as completely deadly to the nation, to the progress of society, to the, his goals. And the socialists see that as a threat against all of humanity, to be perfectly honest with you. Because if you let hate proliferate, uh, it never ends. It just never ends. Like... But we don't really I mean, hate the fascists. I mean, I, 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 deep down, I try to see the humanity in everyone, but it's only when you wish upon death of people then it's like I have no other choice but to hate you because of your own disdain for life. And I am life. You are life. You hate yourself. So I must hate you too. I know it's, it's very uh, loop logic. It's not even quite sensical, but um, to be perfectly honest, hate is a emotion of passion and irrationality and i can't help but feel it for people who wish me and my comrades dead i don't wish that for the fascists i wish the fascists were more uh, compassionate and not fascist that doesn't mean by not existing but by changing your views into a more empathetic compassionate and selfless existence but that's not it how can such individuality like such excessive individuality lead to the need for the protection of the state as a whole as a conglomerate as a coagula it's it's so weird see me hanging out with the fucking nazis do you
You don't see me going, going on their streams and palling around. The only, the only alt-right person I'm friendly with is Millennial Woes. And I know that I my like interactions more... with him have de-radicalized him over time. That's the reason I've hung out with him. To expressly continue to challenge his ideas. But that's not why you're going on the surfs. That's not why your movie sucks is going on the surfs. That's not why Anthony Fantano is going on the surfs. You guys are not challenging these ideas. And it's one of those things that I'm getting really concerned about because this is craziness and it is leading to the end of your republic. I know you might be like, oh, that's, that's hyperbolic. When Donald Trump gets a landslide win in November because nobody's voting for the left with this kind of imagery being plastered everywhere, when he gets that landslide win, I mean, after the George Floyd protests, like protests, riots, burnings, lootings, shootings, like murders that occurred because of a false narrative about George Floyd. When Trump wins, again, in November, from a bigger margin, what do you think these people are going to do? It's not going to look pretty, is it? And you're putting your name to this when you get into bed with the socialists. And the socialists aren't bad. They're bad. They're bad people, mate. They're really bad people. And I don't think you're a bad person. Anthony Fantano, I don't think you're a bad person either. Your movie sucks. I know is a good person. I've been watching his channel for years. He's awesome. And it's weird how they all go and think that it's okay to hang out with murderous revolutionaries. I think it's terrible. I think it's really terrible. It's it, shocking, frankly, how everything's become radicalized. But anyway, I'll leave it there. And I don't think any of them respond to this, but it's a shame because I think that they should. I think they should explain to us why these people are worth hanging out with, why we should take their ideas seriously, why we can't look at the tremendous damage to humankind that these people have done and the complete lack of results as well. They've never achieved their goals and say, why are we listening to these lunatics? Anyway, folks, if you'd like to support the channel, I mean, you I can don't check really out. need to answer any of that. I don't really need to answer like the uh, mischaracterization of the socialist movements that happen throughout society. I feel like Lenin had the the right, you know, fire in his heart, but ultimately gave in to power. And uh, I think Stalin had the same thing. I think I'm not necessarily too sure about Che Guevara. I don't even think he held power for too long, but I think Fidel Castro actually had the same issue. It's that the party leader never really democratized the power and just held on to it because nobody's really sure how to actually democratize the power once it is um, concentrated into the leader of the party. Um, or it's just it's just completely ignored. But, you know, capitalism has succeeded because it was the predominant ideology for so long and it's also really good at gaining what was very important back then which was money now i think these days what's more important is actually information and data i think that's more important than money um, because the scientific revolution has just taken us to a fucking whew, place we never thought we would be honestly um and i think that's much more important than actual capital now at this point and that's why socialism would be great to actually um do because that i think that socialism would lead to a much more free flow of information rather than having it concentrated like it is right now whether it's on facebook twitter all of that <sighs> but i don't i don't need to address the the 
oh, socialism's never worked um, because socialism's never been tried at the scale that capitalism has been. And capitalism has led to a lot of deaths. Uh, Bad Mouse Productions, I believe, has the best video on this. And I know he's a leftist and blah, 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 but he actually takes the time to kind of, you know, look at that because capitalism has contributed to deaths. So to ignore that is to just, you know, ignore humanity yet again. And that seems to be the focus is to ignore humanity in order to continue the progress of capital. But at some point, the capital is going to come to a head. And what we really need to do is um, really gather as much information as we can. And that's going to include weapons and technology. Man, uh, you know, listening to the right can be pretty exhausting, but I honestly am glad that we can get these narratives out here because we are moving towards a red scare that is going to shut off ideas that may benefit the working class. And I think it's important for people on the right to start considering uh, to find sensible leftist channels to at least get a bit of balance out of their antagonistic right wing. I know my channel itself seems to be pretty antagonistic since I seem to only um, dispute right-wing videos but it would be boring with left-wing videos because the things that I dispute against them about while it is a lot on policy the minute things that they show on media is very tiny and it's trivial and that's even the difference in the differences between Republican and Democrats can be pretty trivial, but they're entering into a new realm, I believe the conservatives are, where it's much more um, very, 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 very party-focused, where, you know, they're centering all their powers into the party to hand it over to a uh, great leader, quote-unquote. Um, I don't know. I think we could have a much more open marketplace of ideas but we we don't and it's not very good idea because then we do have to work much harder on shutting down fascist voices because so long as capitalism stands the opportunity for fascism to offer its protection towards capitalism is going to be endless um fascism seems to only be enacted when capital a capitalist state is on the verge of uh failing and so they have to crush the working class entirely from enacting any socialist revolution because of the austerity um they have to shut it down and um assure production continues in order to continue the goals of the nation and that's why i can't uh, agree with sargon or the five or um Ben Shapiro or Tim Pool, Crowder, Charlie Kirk, Richard Spencer, all of these people, because it just defending the status quo just leaves us to remain the same and also for the government to continue to get worse against its own people. So I hope one day um, all the fascists change their mind. I, I always thought, you know, maybe mushrooms could do that, but I'm not so convinced. Uh, I think the world's probably going down, although it'd be much better if we could do it with a little bit more boomage. Um, 
I want to thank you all for joining me. Uh, I will be back shortly, or maybe never. Who really knows and who really cares? I have been your host, Snucker Snarlson, here at Talks News, where we know, we know, we know. We just don't care. Have a wonderful day. Oh yeah. When I when I when I've got my shit together, this is how I close out the show. With a long gap of what the fuck is going on right now. You love it. You love it. Thank you for joining me.